Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There is no better of bonds of flower power forms of the shrubby Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help you with some of your gardening quandaries. Later on, I'll be speaking to Ball Colgrave, one of the top suppliers to wholesale nurseries in Britain. The Sun will be at their summer showcase next week, where we'll see over 200 new plant varieties in all their glory. Our thanks to Mr Fothergill Seeds, Sponsors of this podcast. Well, I'm in the studio recording this with a shower of rain in central London, and I hope and pray that it's raining at home too. Goodness. Boy, I've spent some time on the end of a hose the last two or three days. You sort of start at the top end of the garden, and by the time you got back to the front, you've got to start all over again especially plants in pots, they absolutely sop up the water. And there's quite a lot going on. The uh, Royal Horticultural Society at Hyde Hall uh, this coming weekend are going to open their new vegetable garden. I hope to pop in and have a look at that. Got a really big new conservatory for fruit and veg. Uh, And Matthew, the fellow who grows the giant pumpkin last year at Hyde Hall, uh, he, I understand, will be in charge of it. And then on Saturday... I'm on the road again on the way to uh, Reading and hope to pop in at the Royal Windsor Rose and Horticultural Show that's Saturday the 15th of June at St George's School. I remember going there as a 25-year-old staging roses and sweet peas. So uh, I'll be very interested to see how things have changed in Windsor. Last week at Hampton Court Palace Flower Show I thought it would be quite nice just to ask several of the exhibitors there What would be their top tips? What are the questions that most people ask? And for example, at Mickfield Hosters, they had a very useful little display on slug control. You know, we're all worried about slugs and snails, particularly where hostas are concerned. And they had some uh, really useful advice. If you stand the pot on a saucer and keep some water in the saucer, slugs and snails can't swim, and so that keeps them away from your plants. If you uh, use very absorbent materials like bran, they can't easily move across that. And I thought one of the best tips was to have a small drinks bottle, the kind of thing you might get some orange juice on, wash that out, make it nice and dry, put it on its side and pop the slug pellets in the bottle and it keeps the slug pellets dry and, of course, away from birds and everything else and their effective life is much longer. Dibley's, the specialist in Streptocarpus, said, if you have one of these really long-flowering plants, there's just two things. Keep it in a good, bright position and don't overwater it. And then David Edge from the Heather Garden down in Dorset 
He said that we should tell people, don't think you have to have acid soil. There are different kinds of feathers for pretty well every situation. And you know, he even had an Erica daliensis catia trimmed back as a grass replacement. And now I'm not sure you could walk about on it, but uh, that was a novel idea for me. And what about in the garden? Once the raspberries and cane fruits have been picked, then as soon as you can, cut out all of those old canes which have cropped. Cut them right out. And then give the plants a really good water and a feed and then mulch so that we encourage new canes to grow which will carry next year's crop. Except in the case of the autumn fruiting raspberries, things like autumn treasure and Joan Jay, those new canes will start fruiting in about four or six weeks' time. I noticed on one or two of mine there's flower buds forming already. And much the same sort of story with roses. As soon as they've finished flowering, you know, get the deadheads cut back and cut down the stem. Look for a really good strong leaf with a bud at the base of the leaf and cut just above that. And then you'll get strong new growth and a good second flush of flowering. As soon as you've pruned, a second dose of rose fertiliser, you know, first goes on in the spring and another dose now, give those a good watering. And when the new growth comes, absolutely critical to get a protective spray, a fungicidal spray on those to make sure that uh, that new growth stays free of black spot, mildew and rust diseases. I have what I'd like to call a really good friend on the line today, Mr Stuart Lowen. Stuart, can I call you a friend? Oh, absolutely, Peter. Now, how many years have you been up there at West Adderbury near Banbury? Um, I've done 30 years, Peter. That's, uh, that's, that's almost a lifetime. Not one of your lifetimes, of course. <laughs> you, you look pretty good. You know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought you'd had 30 years of uh, watering and planting and trimming and deadheading up there. No, well, we're blessed with a fantastic job, aren't we? We're working with plants and it, it tends not to age us quite so much. Now, the company was originally set up by David Colgrave and called Colgraves. Yes. I, I knew David and started uh, buying from him in about 1963 or 4, I think. That's, that's right. Is yeah. that about when he would have started? Yeah, he started the business in 1962 and he took over the premises here in West Adbury in 1963. He was an amazing man, very pedantic. If you saw him with his briefcase going selling to nurserymen, he would be immaculately dressed, clean shoes, you know, stepping gently through the mud. But everything he did had to be correct and precise, didn't it? Yeah, and that, that's very much how the, you know, the business continues today. You know, we follow the, the principles of the business very much in you know, what David wanted it to be. Um, everything needs to be right, um, and we, we need to get things... Yeah, things need to be precise. I remember as a very young nursery hand working to the Colgrave blueprints. You used to send out a sheet which told you pretty well everything you needed to know, whether the seeds needed covering, what temperature they needed to germinate, uh, how long from sowing to flowering, all that kind of detail. Do you still use that? We do. We publish those now on our website so our customers can download those. That's about the only thing that's really changed, Peter, that the fact is that they're available electronically, but uh, we still use the same culture focus sheets as we did back then. 30 years ago when you started, what was your job? Well, I came into the trial grounds 
um, as a, a, a trials assistant and worked with a very good chap called Mick Coombs, um, who was a trials manager, and he taught me everything I possibly need to know about bedding plants. And David used to come into the greenhouses and a uh, very well-respected man. And, um, yeah, we, we, I, you know, that's where I really kicked off, Peter, learning about bedding plants in, in the trial grounds here. And then we would have done a lot of things together. I seem to remember Junior Petunia and Busy Lizzie competitions up in Birmingham. That's right. Yeah, we did the National Schools Competition for 10 years. And we had, I, I don't know if you can remember how many children we had. That was near on three quarters of a million children growing a baby plug plant through to flowering in June. Why have we stopped doing that, Stuart, eh? <laughs> no idea. No idea. Those, all those children who have been inspired now have, probably have their own homes and hopefully there are home gardeners today. Yeah, well, I would hope so. Yeah. Now, I always look forward, regardless of time of year, travelling up to Banbury, taking a turning off Lest at West Adbury and mm-hmm. cruising into your trial grounds. What do they look like today? They are magnificent. I have to say that they're probably the best this year than, than ever. The bar keeps getting set higher. The weather's been very kind. It's been very dry, but we do need the rain. But uh, absolutely stunning. So much colour out there. Now, did I read that you have 200 new varieties on trial this this year? Uh, 200 new varieties for, for next season, yes. And this is our opportunity to show those to our customers. I mean, that's a frightening number, Stuart. Yeah, it's, it's almost every year we're introducing about 200 new varieties and not many drop off the other end. We don't drop many varieties out of our catalogue. They keep coming in. So what are we going to do? The bubble will have to burst one day, surely. Well, you know, we, we live in a world where we have choice, don't we? And we all have different expectations and requirements and we, we, we have a very wide customer base who need different things. So um, while there's a demand, we'll make sure we supply those products to, to satisfy um, everybody's requirements. And how many plants have you got in hanging baskets, for example? I mean, the uh, nursery's going to be open one afternoon evening to the public shortly, isn't it? So yeah. h- how many hanging baskets would they see? Oh, gosh, that's a tough question. I'd say there's several hundred baskets. And thousands of containers? Thousands of containers, yes. And is there anything really outstanding that uh, is catching your eye that we can look forward to in 2018? The one product we're really excited about offering for next season is uh, are the Sunpatians, the kind of um, hybrid impatiens. They're not brand new to the industry. They've been around for a few years, but our customers are very excited about seeing these. And we've got new genetics in that series, and they're very robust. They fill containers and beds exceptionally well, and they just cope with this hot, dry weather exceptionally well. Well, I seem to remember that when they had the Olympics in China... They had some really big areas planted with sun patterns yes. uh, to reduce the temperature. They were so vigorous, the root system so strong, yes. that uh, as the, the moisture evaporated from the leaves, yes. the, the temperature dropped by a degree yes. or two. That's right, yeah, they got very strong roots and they produce a fantastic canopy and then trap that moist air underneath and it does kind of cool the plants. And there's two main series, isn't there? There's a taller, very vigorous one, and, yeah. then, and then there's a more compact series. Which would you prefer for your garden? Well, I'd probably choose the compact because they've still got 
good vigour. They fill small spaces exceptionally well. Three plants will fill a, a square metre very easily. Three um, plants, a square metre of the less vigorous one. Yeah, because I'll give you a good 18-inch spread. And the more vigorous types are very much more suitable for large containers, larger borders, or even you know, for the local authorities, for you know, parks bedding. Now, you've got a very nice uh, planted arrangement of a begonia at your front gates. You've put eyes in it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whopper. Now, what is that character, Mr. Whopper? Well, I don't know who the character is. Whopper, Whopper is a intermediate, so it's halfway between a, a semperflora and a, a, a fibrous-rooted begonia and some of the really tall, tall varieties. And it's like a begonia on steroids. It really wants to grow. <laughs> it... it, it it, no matter where you plant this variety, it does exceptionally well. When you've got fibrous-rooted begonias, as you know, Peter, with parks bedding, if they don't water it, it really struggles to really create a spectacle. But with the whopper, it's got this inbuilt vigour that no matter how dry the soil is, how wet it is, it puts on a fantastic show and it, it almost glistens the foliage. Um, it's one of my favourites, actually. It's been one of the most outstanding plants in our trials. Really? And, and how many colours does that come in? Only four, but there is a, another colour coming, so we'll have a green leaf and a bronze leaf pink in the future. The thing that people think about with begonias are the, the large double-flowered, uh, yeah. and, and you now have those in all kinds of flower sizes and fragrance, don't you? Yeah. Traditionally, most people know the, the, the tuberous types, like the non-stops. Um, non-stop begonias but we have a another series that's got called fortune that has some more novelty colors but the great big blousy blooms and the majestics um uh are really catching the eye at the moment and there's one one particular variety called majestic sunburst and and the, the flowers are the size of a, a small tea plate they're, they're absolutely massive and very very showy and then we have the the, the scented types the sweet spice and they're absolutely gorgeous. UK bred, which is fantastic, because they've been bred for the UK climate. Yeah. Um, and those planted in a basket just outside of the window of the house, you know, back door of the, in the garden, are absolutely amazing. A really heady scent. What colour does it come in, Sweet Spice? There's two colours. There's a rose colour, and it smells of roses, and then there's a, 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 a yellow very soft yellow one and that smells a, it's a very citrus lemony flavour now looking very quickly down the GTN bestsellers uh, for June I mm. see coleus is uh, standing quite high that yes. plant's coming again isn't it yes it's always been considered I guess as an old fashioned plant but the breeding genetics in, in um, coleus has, has come on leaps and bounds the breeders are developing a plant that flowers later so that you don't get that flower spike starting too early in the cycle of the plant. So the foliage always looks better and fresher when the flower hasn't hasn't started forming. Uh, and the garden performance of these varieties is becoming quite outstanding. Perhaps I can just mention the that new, almost vibrant orange-coloured one, the Campfire Peter. We've seen that at RHS Wisley in the trials. Absolutely outstanding. Um, incredible colour and it just intensifies with, with sunlight There's no question Coleus campfire is on my list I've got 10 of them I think in the garden now Right. Uh, yeah. overwintered one plant and then took the cuttings 
Uh, I mean, that's a fabulous garden plant. Yeah. Can you help us a bit, Stuart, with, with this open day? It's on the 19th of July, isn't it? That's right, yes. As you've mentioned, we're a, uh, a trade organisation promoting to the industry. However, one evening a year, we open our doors for the home gardeners to come and have a sneak peek at what it is that we're doing and see for the very first time some of the new varieties that are going to be uh, available for the, for the coming to the garden centres next year. So this is a very special opportunity. Um, and what's the times that uh, they can come? Okay, yeah, so it's, it's Wednesday the 19th of July and it's from 4pm to 8pm. And it will cost them? £3 on the door, children and, under 12 free. And all that money goes to charity, I believe? All the money goes to charity. Contribution from the admissions goes to both the Catherine House Hospice and the David Colgrave Foundation. Uh, the Catherine... Hospice is a local one, presumably. It is, yes. And, and we ought to mention that the David Colgrave Foundation, in memory of the man we were speaking about at the beginning... That's right. ...provides funds to train young people in horticulture. That's right, yes, um, by offering yeah, bursaries and scholarships. Um, they, they, these are future horticulturists, people who are going to shape our industry in the future. And David, as you you. you you know, Peter was an ambassador for the industry and, and really believed in young people um, having opportunities. And this is what we're trying to do as well, trustees. He certainly backed the right one with you, hey? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. And Stuart, I look forward to seeing you. Yeah, on, absolutely. On the Andrew, evening of the 19th. Peter. And anybody yeah, who's listening who can get anywhere near Banbury, I strongly recommend they come and meet the two of us. Uh, Stuart, thanks very much. Nice to hear from you. Thank you, Peter. If you're going to shows like Hampton Court Palace and uh, the Chelsea Flower Show, the RHS shows, my advice would be don't try and understand the judging. I mean, I've been going to those shows for over 50, 60 years and I don't understand it either. I think the judges must be blind sometimes. I mean, at Hampton Court, they had four absolutely stunning exhibits from colleges. There was Bicton, Cable Manor, Hadlow and Rittle Colleges, all doing floristry designs of uh, bugs and beasties. They did some fantastic work and the judges didn't give one gold medal. Surely young people need encouraging. And my congratulations to all those students from those three parts of the country, I think that your floral bugs were just magnificent. Thanks again to our sponsors, Mr Fothergill's Seeds. And thanks to you for listening. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.